You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. It's time for episode 396 of Geekiest Show Ever. What shall we geek out about today? Well, we have a couple of things on our minds, some follow-ups from last time, and uh, we have some listener feedback. You want to start start out the show with that? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, we've got something from friend Clive Hammett, who said, just listen to the latest GSE and a tip for Apple Pay on the watch is to only have the one card on it. The other cards have them on the iPhone where they're easily readable. Great idea to have editable Hope that's editable. You got to read the first time. <laughs> yeah, transactions in the wallet app. And uh, to refresh your memory, what Clive is referring to is the problem I had using the wrong card when I made a purchase through my watch. So, have you tried that? Have you implemented that? Did you, or did you only no. have one card? You still have a no, couple of different I, cards? No, I still have them all. I just put my glasses on now because I, <laughs> I do use different cards for different purposes, depending on what perk I want and where I am. And I never really use my iPhone for Apple Pay. It's always been the watch. See, and I'm the but, opposite. I, I'm yeah. having to look right now to see how many cards do I have on there. I'm pretty sure I have all of them on there. On your watch? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I do too. <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, you know what? I never really scrolled down further to notice that, or maybe this is different in from a new up, uh, update, but I never noticed that my other passes were on my watch. Is that new? Do you no. Have, that's always no. been that way? Yeah. I guess when I you never... you go to concerts, if you go to concerts, if you go uh, purchase something from Ticketmaster, Live Nation, so just you like have the a concert. Airport? Yeah. Con- oh, wow. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you can just put it right on your watch. <laughs> Tell I don't get that. out very I've much. Scanned. Yeah, if you buy. Um, that is cool. When I, and what's nice is like last night I went to a concert and as soon as I got even close to the venue, it pops up on my phone and <gasps> oh, it pops up on my watch. Mm-hmm. That is cool. So I don't have to go, even though I had it in my wallet, I didn't have to go digging for it. I just like hit the phone and like. Maybe Get that's right why I never it. noticed it, because whenever I go to, say, a, a store like Sam's Club, I have a, a wallet pass for that that shows my membership ID with the barcode. It does right. pop up on my phone, but I don't know why it wouldn't pop up on my watch. Interesting, because I see it in there when I when I scroll through the, the passes. It starts out with the cards. I think I just never, ever bothered. I never had the need to, but I never bothered to scroll down further than whatever credit card it was that I was looking. So yeah, definitely have to, we'll have to try that and maybe just have one card on the Apple Watch so that there's not so much to scroll through. Because I really, I just don't use these other cards very often. I really don't need my Discover card on there. Because I you use can that online. Use your, if you have a like a, a card for Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, that mm-hmm. can be on your watch. I'm looking. Yeah. Like, in fact, I even have something uh, I had picked up uh, an order from the Apple Store, and it just showed up on my watch, so they could just scan it and That's then neat. go get my order. 
Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, my Sam's Club card is like way down. Oh, and it flashes a QR code. That's interesting. They don't really scan you. They just you just kind of flash your card at them. So I don't think this would be very helpful if I was like, here's my QR, QR code. You can't tell what it is. But <laughs> so it's really for if you need to have something scanned, whereas like with that, the phone is better because I'm just flashing the card. It shows, you know, that I'm a member. It has my name and the barcode on it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Clive, for pointing that out. I hadn't even really looked at that before. That's pretty neat. So I just, that reminds me that I need to get out of the house more and go go to some concerts <laughs> or something and be able to use the technology that I have, more of it anyway. Oh, you can come with me because my husband's tired of going. So, oh, you know, really? <laughs> get on a plane, fly yep. over. <laughs> my my next summer we'll hit, trip. We'll hit the road. Yeah, but you've seen them all already. <laughs> Who's left to see? This is true. This is true. <laughs> we'll have to make a list and check in on that. We got another listener feedback from Ged Mayhew. He's the co-founder of Icon Factory. I'll put a link to to him in the show notes. Uh, he said that it was a very good episode. Thank you. And I was really, really pleased to see that. I love it when people actually listen and tell us that they listen. So uh, mm-hmm. we should we should uh, remind uh, listeners how they can get a hold of us now, and then we'll remind them again at the end. But we have a new way that you can follow us. Just today, before I press the record button, I did finally, because it's been nagging me, I set up a new Mastodon to follow. So we are, yay, woot, woot, yay. We are now geekiest show ever, and we're on techhub.social. I thought that was pretty fitting. Techhub, mm-hmm. that's T-E-C-H-H-U-B dot social. So you can find us over there. We'll remind you again later in case you forget. And plus, it'll also be in the show notes so that you can just click it and head on over there. And uh, after we're done recording, I'll start posting some links to previous episodes. So be sure to check that out. Um, Again, talking about some follow-up. So first one real quick, I wanted to, this is just funny, I wanted to show you. Can you see this? My water bottle here? Or my water glass? So remember a couple of episodes ago, you talked about getting this high-tech water bottle that plugs in and helps you manage your water intake. And so I've been thinking about drinking more water too. And so I've been on this water challenge and that's all we're going to talk about because I don't want to think about our bladders, but this is my low tech <laughs> way of doing it. I take a, a Crayola grease pencil. It's like a, a window marker. And I just write the number of uh, ounce, uh, the number of cups. So I learned this from another group that I belong to that you're supposed to take your body weight. And this is why I'm not going to tell how many cups I have to drink, but you're supposed to take your body weight divided in half. And that's how many ounces you're supposed to consume in a day. Does that factor in at all to your water bottle statistics at all? Have they said anything about that? Like, like, do you have a goal or something? And how did you set that goal? I do. I, I'm that's what I'm looking at. I don't remember. Let me see. Goal, your goal or manual recommended. I was curious about that. Oh, okay. Recommend, <laughs> recommended is 90.6 ounces. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm floating as it is at 70. Like, that's not uh-huh. happening. Right. Manual. But I wonder how did, how did they arrive at that, I wonder. I wonder if I'm they did something to remember, with your weight. This or... it, I probably did have to put in my height and weight. And mm-hmm. then what that also does is it takes into account the weather. Oh, really? So I'm assuming, oh. I'm assuming that as the weather gets warmer, mm-hmm. the number of ounces they want me to drink is going to be higher. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because my ounces oh, are really high. Okay, here we. Yep, yep. I just so found it. Personal parameters. So I had uh-huh. to put in my birthday. So it's taking into account my age. Okay. My sex. 
then it asked me if I was pregnant or nursing because that would affect right. it too. Oh, I had to drink then so much water. Height, yeah, my height, my weight, and my activity level. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I put all that in. And then it also knows what the temperature is. And it came up with, based on all that information, you should be drinking this many ounces of water. Interesting. And I'm starting, what I started to do is you can also count coffee and tea, hot or yeah, cold tea. I was going to ask about that. Does and that... you could do that manually. Right. And you can also like say, you, you know, you're out and about and you drink a 20 ounce bottle of water, you can manually add that 20 ounce bottle of water. Right. And I started adding in coffee and tea. And then I said, No, I'm not going to do that anymore. I just want water. I okay. want to reach my goal strictly on water. Uh-huh. But I drink so much between a cup of coffee in the morning and a cup of coffee at night. And yeah. sometimes I have iced tea. And then the water, I'm drowning. <laughs> so I might go back to adding in that coffee and tea. What would happen if you did add tea and coffee in there? What does what does it do? How does it account for coffee and what tea? it it does is it because it's not straight up it water, has a, right? It has a hydration level. So um, just to keep it simple, you drink ten ounces of coffee, and they might say, "Well, your hydration level is only ninety percent, so we're giving you credit for nine ounces, not and ten." That ounces. has something to do with the fact that what the caffeine or something in coffee mm-hmm. is it? Isn't it? Uh, isn't an anti- diuretic, diuretic, or something? Yeah, it it is a diuretic. It's a diuretic, and so it makes mm-hmm. you retain water. Is I think that what that's that means? what makes you go. I think a diuretic oh. is what you used to go. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to look into that deeper. I want to understand it better. Because I wondered, you know, well, what happens if I drink a a glass of tea, which is, you know, basically water with a tea bag in it. So that's got to have a high hydration level. So if you drink coffee, an energy drink, or tea, they put it at 90%. So it's 90% towards your goal. Okay. If you drink a... And I don't even really know what this stuff is. But if you drink, it says wave immune support or wave electrolyte, that gives you 100%. So like a Gatorade, mm-hmm. Powerade, that will give you 100% because of the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get any credit for alcohol or even like I had a 12-ounce glass of chocolate milk the other day. I don't get any credit for that. Hmm. Well, the alcohol but I was drinking dehydrate you, right? Correct. Correct. Um, And it would, but not even milk. So coffee is hydrating, but alcohol is dehydrating as as an extreme example. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah, I wonder about milk. I wonder what it is about milk. Well, that's why I've always heard people say if you drink a lot, like a lot of alcohol, also drink some water. Right. To kind of counterbalance it. Yeah. And to counterbalance. Mm -hmm. But I wonder what it is about milk. Because milk is so much protein, maybe. I mean, there's definitely yeah. water content in it, but it's it's thicker than anything else. So I guess that makes sense. You're getting hydration yeah, so from it, just not as when, much as you would with straight water. That makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Now, it, they must have had an update because I'm looking at where I would add the drink manually. And it had all the above mentioned, the, the, the wave drinks, the tea, the coffee, the water. Now it's got something called all drinks. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Is there an Apple Watch app for it? Remind me. Not that I know of. See, that would be super handy. When I first started this water challenge, both both Nate and I were talking about doing it. Now, he has one of those big, um, 
one of those big bottles that has the markers on it and stuff. And so he drinks mm-hmm. from that all day long. Now, see, for him, it's difficult because he's a teacher. So teachers have trained bladders, so he can't be going to the bathroom every five minutes. You know, he just doesn't have that luxury. He can't leave his classroom so frequently. So it's a little bit more difficult for him to do it all day long during the workday. So then he has to catch up in the evening. But for me, you know, and, it, and it'd be oh. difficult for me when I'm doing, see, if I'm just running around, running errands, I have my big, my big water bottle with me. That I really like. See, I don't know about the one. What is yours called again? The smart something. Hydrate. Hi, the it's hydrate. The hydrate smart, and it does have hydrate an Apple smart. Watch app. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Hmm. Let's see what it looks. Yeah, like. I'll have to look into something like that because I I have an app on my watch and iPhone called Multi Timer where I can kind of sort of set up my own counter where as I as I drink water I can it's like a tally. And I can count up how many that I that I drank to keep track of it, just so I kind of know. I mean, and this is all kind of training wheels until I until I get into a good habit. You know what I mean? So I don't know that I necessarily want to go out and spend a lot of money on a high tech water bottle, but I do wish to track it at least in the beginning until I kind of make it a habit and I don't have to think about it as much because right now I kind of do have to think about it. So that's why I just thought it would make you laugh if I showed you my, my low tech way of just using a grease pencil. And then I just, you know, wipe it off with my shirt or dish, dish towel or something. Uh, every time I drink a glass and like when I, I try to use the same glass throughout the day, but then it'll get tricky. Like say I leave the house to go run errands, which I frequently do. And I have my, my uh, steel water bottle, which I like because it stays, it stays cold not necessarily cold, cold, but it stays cool, and I leave it in the car all the time. What would happen if you left a hydrate flask in a really hot car? I haven't had it yet for the hot weather. I only bought it uh, in January. Okay. But so far, it does, when I've half brought it with me, it does keep the water cold. And it hasn't frozen in the cold temperatures, right? If no. you've left it in the car? I haven't left it in the car really long enough to yeah. have that be a problem. Yeah. See, it's, I would say two hours. Every technology that I think about getting into, I always think about, well, how's it going to hold up in the desert? (laughs) Like, this is just a really, really harsh environment for testing things out. And that would be my biggest fear is I'd spend a lot of money on a high-tech water bottle and then leave it in the car because I need one to leave in the car. And then, you know, what would it do? But see, that's where, like you were talking about in the app, where you can end up adding drinks manually. So that would, I guess, that's what I would, that's why I wanted to to know if there was an app on the watch because then I would just not take the hydrate with me. I would just stick to my trusty old water bottle in the car. And then if I drink out of that, then I can, I can just add it from the watch. And that's how I, how I, I track that. that. Yeah. Cause that's like, you know, this low tech way is really great and it's nice and low tech, but then what happens when I leave the house or what happens when I go somewhere else, I'm not, you know, I'm not tracking it anymore. So so there's something to be said for low-tech stuff and high-tech stuff when it comes to... But I have to say, it's tracking. starting to get old. I was wondering about that, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, like, a, you know, after dinner, I'm washing everything. I'm like, do I really want to do this again tomorrow? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of high a, maintenance, huh? It's, it's just a pain and yeah. not to be, you know, TMI, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> you end up peeing a whole lot more. Right. You know? right. <laughs> well, which is too. That's why I asked you this morning. I was like, uh, does your bladder like ever adjust or are you just constantly peeing all the time? Oh, constantly. No. <laughs> which I mean is it gets you up. It keeps you from becoming sedentary. So there's something to be said for that. 
but I don't know. It's it's supposed to be water is good. Right. Yeah, water is good for getting the toxins out of your body. Right, and keeping kidney stones at you bay. Know, go say keeping the fl- flushing out your kidneys. So mm-hmm. the yeah. the benefits far outweigh the right. the negatives. Exactly. And if and I'm I'm doing this specifically because I really got to drop a lot of weight now that finally all of the horrible weight gaining holidays are over and the summer is coming i don't care about bathing susan su- bathing su- season that's not me but i still want to get this weight off because it's really aggravating my nerves and stuff and so drinking the water i'm hoping will motivate that and then just the thought of like well hey if i can drop some pounds i don't have to drink as much water and then i won't have to be as much so that's that's my that's my method of of madness there but yeah i wanted to uh wanted to follow up on that and see how it was now that you're a couple months into it so you think you'll stick with it, though? Uh, I'm on a, what's my streak? 124-day streak Wow. Okay. of meeting well, my goal. But there's going to be motivating. times this summer where I'm going out of town, and mm-hmm. that'll be the end of that streak, and that might be what makes me go, eh, do I really need to do this again? Mm-hmm. Might make you fall off the bandwagon. Well, what yeah, could you it, do when you go out of town? So you're, you're saying not traveling with it because you'll have to get on a, a flight or... Something like that, where you just won't take it with you? I can bring it with me on a flight because, you know, you can bring a water bottle yeah, with you, can you just empty it out. into the airport and then you just fill it up once you get inside the gate. Right. I'm not going to do that because I don't want the responsibility of having to carry it around. Yeah. yeah. And not lose it. Right. It's something that you don't want to lose. So. If it was just a water bottle, no big deal. But right. Yeah. So yeah, then we'll if you're happens. out traveling, are you going to manually add it into your watch? Or your or no. your, the app on your phone, so you just yeah you no. know yourself you no. won't bother with it. No, yeah, I won't bother. All right, well, after you're done traveling, we'll have to have another follow up and see if you stand <laughs> on the bandwagon or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. So it looks like you also opened an Apple Savings account. I did. I was hoping we were going to go to that next. We can follow up on the Apple Savings from last time we talked about it. Remember I said that I was actually going to do it, so I did. And it's really cool. It's just like you said. I I never doubted you for a second that it was really super (laughs) easy. In fact, I wish you could have seen the look on Nate's face because we did it together. You know, this is like a big you know, decision. I mean, you know, he trusts me implicitly with this kind of stuff, but it was a lot of money to move around and, and I wanted to do it with him and, and have him watch the process. Uh, but the looks on his face, it was, <laughs> there was several eye rolls and it wasn't like a like, oh my God, this is horrible. This was like, this is way too easy. Like there's, there's something, there's something kind of creepy cool about it. I, I guess it's just because we're, you know, all of us are like a product of our generation where we still know what it's like to have to have, you know, back in the day, go to a physical bank and open the account. And, you know, I mean, heck, when we were younger, the the technology that was so cutting edge was like being able to go to the drive up and get money out or put money in, right? You know, that was like a big to do. But now it's like you can just do it on your phone and just move money around like nobody's business yeah so yeah it was it was creepy cool um i've now done it twice um if i remember correctly from last time i think one of the questions that i had had was to do with can you can you hook up multiple accounts and i'm happy to report that the answer is yes i have two different checking accounts because i have a business i've used one that i use for business and one that we share together with my husband for personal stuff And then we have a shared savings account. And I was able to hook up all three of those. In fact, those were already 
I mean, they were already hooked up to the Apple card. So everything that's connected to the Apple card, I think like you had mentioned that it's going to be the same for the Apple savings account. So I have so far, I've only done one direction. I've only put money into the account. I've done that twice now. And I like the graph that it gives you. Um, of course, it's too early to see what the, you know, it's still 4.15 APY. So that hasn't changed. That's going to change. You said that it's going to fluctuate. Is that going to fluctuate monthly or is that something that could fluctuate, you know, daily or weekly? It could fluctuate APY. whenever it wants. Okay. So it'll it's not go up, like, it'll go down. It's, it's based right. on market rates. Okay, so so that's why the graph is really helpful when you go into the app to look at the the graph. It'll show you, yeah. you know, how much you deposited at a certain time. It's broken down into weeks, months, six month, year, and all. And then in the upper right corner, it tells you it's four point one five APY. So that's, I guess, an area and, to watch over. And time. you can set up a notification when that changes. Oh, really? In the so app that somewhere? they will they will send you a notification saying <gasps> the new interest rate is you know whether it went up or down. That is so cool. you know that right away. That. Yeah, I just so tapped you know on that it. Right it's away. that little circle with three dots in it. I tapped on it, mm -hmm. and sure enough, it's yep. on by default, which is good. APY updates and interest paid. So I will get a notification about that. That is pretty cool. Oh, and there's also a section for documents. So I guess. I guess eventually it might furnish a tax document and statements. When you get so, your statements, yep. When right. you get your statements, it'll, so it'll show up there. that's where all that stuff is. Very, very cool. So, yeah, I haven't uh, haven't tried to take money out of it yet, of course, because that's not the point of it. I'm trying to save. Well, speaking of that, I don't remember mm -hmm. if we talked about this on the last podcast or if you and I offline talked about right, this. It's hard to tell but the amount of money, the amount of money that you can deposit and withdraw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because every bank has different rules for that. We I did. Know Discover we were chatting bank, about that. Yes. Okay. Discover Bank, I think it's $250,000. Mm -hmm. Well, with Apple, the money is a lot less. You have to do at least a dollar, which I can't see why you wouldn't do anything less than that. Right. You can only transfer $10,000 at a time. At a time. And right. up to $20,000 per rolling seven-day period. So I could do 10000 mm -hmm. today and 10000 tomorrow, and I cannot withdraw or deposit for another week. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of money, you have to do it piecemeal, whether you're right. putting it in or taking it out. Right. And then from my bank, the limit going into it, so taking money from my savings account at my bank and putting it into Apple savings is a $5,000 limit. And that's going to vary depending on your bank. So it's $5,000 one way. And I think it's, I want to say daily. So I did I did one chunk uh, at the beginning of the month, or I, I guess at the very end of the month. And then I waited a couple of days. And then I did another chunk because I'm trying to save up for a car. So this is going to be like a long-term savings for us. And I'm hoping that we can get that that interest yield for saving it for a car. But like you like you pointed out, when it comes time for us to buy a car, which won't be for quite a while, but when it does come time, yeah, we're going to need that leeway. We're going to have to know when we're going to pounce on it and when we're going to buy the car because we're going to need a couple of days to get the money, you know, moved over to where we need it to go. Because I, you know, it's like, how, how would I, and this is a thought that I had and I wanted to see what you thought of it. When it does come time to buy a car, you know, some kind of big purchase, what if we put a portion of it, like, because we know we have the money set aside in savings, but I wonder, what if we put, if they accept Apple Pay, could we put a portion of it on our credit card? 
Like we know we're going to finance a certain That's up to the dealership because yeah. I've always done that too. Really? Anytime I've bought a new car these last couple of years, I've always yeah. said, how much can I put on my credit card? Okay. Is there like and a limit? And depending on the dealership, yeah. some will say 1000 uh-huh. some have said 3000 and some have said there's a 3% upcharge. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Some, some places have done that. So That's I would always know. say to them, the ones that would take it without the upcharge, I said, I'm going to put down as much as you will allow me on my credit card because right. why shouldn't I get the points? Yeah, because those points and are then, going to pay for your fees, your licensee fees, like any of those little, you know, yep. those little extra add-ons that they charge. I mean, it could be a couple dollars to a couple hundred dollars, depending on what yep. type of so fee So usually is. around here, it's about $1,000. And okay. then I would have to give them the rest in a check. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, but it all depends. It's there's no yeah. there's no set rule yeah, on that. No it depends on, on your it. you know your your dealership mm-hmm. might go. Yeah, you can you can charge the whole car if that's what you want to do if you have the credit mm-hmm. limit for it, or they might go nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have we have really good high FICO scores, so that's not going to be a problem. I'm just trying to think of all the ways that we can try to capitalize on you know these perks that that you get because it's money that you can earn, and why not make it work for you. You know, instead of the other way around. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with the process. I think it, it was like I said, almost a little too easy. <laughs> I mean, it's easy because oh, it you know we have seconds. everything all lined up. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what blows my mind is how they can do it so fast when it just seems like other, you know, loan applications. I don't know, opening up other credit cards. I mean, when you set up your Discover account, how fast did how fast did that happen? Do you remember? Was that a couple, I, you couple know, of hours, that was a couple for, of days? No, I mean, no, no, no. This was instant. That was four years ago. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think it really took all that long. I mean, it was longer yeah. than Apple, but it really right. didn't take that long. And I'm not really sure if having a Discover credit card made it easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if it would have, would it matter at all? I, I mm-hmm. don't know. And the same with it. I mean, the Apple savings card, you have to have the Apple credit card in order right. to get the savings We're already established so. and everything. Yeah. But I mean, it took me, what did I tell you? Not even two minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Type in your name, type in your social security number. That's what okay, it was. Okay, you're good. That's what it was. It really Start was. Start transferring your money. Yeah. The, the eye rolls that I got from Nate were actually pretty hilarious because we were looking at each other like, What? Seriously, I mean, I mean, it was going to be I, fast, but actually experiencing it, it felt like it just went really fast. I was talking to, I had to stop at the bank today, and I had to talk to the bank manager about something. And I mentioned mm-hmm. to her, I said, I mm-hmm. just took a good chunk of money and moved out it of into your account saving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said because I'm getting point zero one percent. Right, right. Like, where is what is my incentive? To, right. Where's my incentive when I can get four point one five in Apple? Mm-hmm. I and wonder what it's going to do. 3.65. I wonder what if, what impact this is going to have when you're moving money from one place to the other. I mean, it's going to give the other banks a run for their money, pun intended. But I wonder, like, will they but raise their interest never, rates so I can they've keep never come to me. money in both places? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, they've like, are they doing anything to, to keep said, you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hmm. Interesting. They've never come to me and said, hey, how come you had this amount of money and now you only have this amount of money? I said, <laughs> I'll I'll tell them, give me the give me the good interest rate and I'll keep right. it. Yeah, because I'm loyal. I mean, I'm loyal to a fault. I'll I'll stay somewhere. But you know, if there's a better deal somewhere else, then you know. And and, so, and there's also somebody to be said for like I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't want to just move everything over there. But a big chunk of it to help save up for a car is really gonna really gonna help out. I think, I think it will. 
So yeah, Definitely. I I I'm really pleased with the whole process, and um, uh, it'll be interesting. I really hope, <laughs> and I'll put that. I'll see if I can go find that link again and put it in the show notes. I really hope that everybody, like like Clive mentioned, that it'll be a good idea if we could have editable transactions in the wallet app. I really hope that they'll do that so they can help us track our money better and, and create like budget reports and things like that. And that'll be really cool. Um, what, oh, oh, there was another thing I wanted to mention about the Apple savings right away. What I made sure that I did because um, listeners need to know that when you set up the savings account, unlike the Apple card where you can, like I started out having the Apple card and then I added my spouse on as an equal you know, user of the account. We were both financially responsible for it. Um, and we both earn credit, you know, we both earn towards our FICO scores as we use the card. So he gets his own card number. I get my own card number. His spending is tracked one way and my spending is tracked one way. So it's like separate but together. With the savings account, it is not the same thing. So it's not like, and I and I kind of knew that going into it. It didn't really bother me. And it still doesn't really bother me, but... I think some people might assume that when you set up a savings account, it's also shared by your spouse, you know, what, whoever the other user is on your credit card, but it's not, it's that account, that savings account is only in my name. So I had to go in and I did it right away and I set up my husband as a beneficiary. So that's really important to do. If you're setting up a savings account, you should, you should do it too, as soon as you think of it, unless you have already, but add your husband on as a beneficiary. Cause I don't know what happens if, if that doesn't get taken care of, you know, now I did have to call. I couldn't do that through right. the app. I and had you to call. Yep. And you have to find that with the three little dots at the top and you hit account mm-hmm. details and it has a place where you can message, call or go to the website. And if you scroll down to the bottom, it says account information mm-hmm. and then it has your email address, your mailing address, and then manage beneficiaries. Yep. So when you click on that, it gives you the phone number so you can just call them directly. Yeah, and interestingly enough, um, so now I when I tap on my husband's name, well, that's for the Apple Card though. He's the co-owner. I can actually, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I went in there looking for that, and I just realized that this is interesting. So I tap on my husband's name. He's listed as an account co-owner, and there are options when it slides over. I can message him, call him, FaceTime, mail, all the same things as if you would see when you're texting. <laughs> I can also turn off notifications. They're on by default. So if I wanted to buy him a birthday present, <laughs> I could turn off the notifications and he wouldn't see it. And I almost kind of wish he doesn't listen to this, but he bought me a Mother's Day gift and I saw what it was and I know he was trying to surprise me. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that's why that's there. But wouldn't you still see it if you oh. were looking on the card? And looking through transactions. It says, receive notifications on this device about Nathaniel's activity with this Apple card. So I guess I could turn it off so that, well, that how does that read, though? That means that I would turn it off so that I don't get notifications when he buys, my, when he buys me something. <laughs> so that I could be surprised, right? But that, that sounds, to me, my interpretation of that is, you know how when you buy something... Mm-hmm. It'll just all of a sudden it just pops up that you just spent ten dollars at the grocery right. store, and on it your does. Phone. And I get both of our notifications, and I like that. Right. That sounds like you won't get a notification when Nate buys something, 
But if you're co-owning, if you are both co-owners of the card, Mm -hmm. if you look at the card, you're going to see everything he purchased and everything you purchased. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be a hidden purchase. Right. Yeah. But you go into the card and you're looking for something that you bought. Oh, yeah. yeah I can run see across, you know, you're going to run. It's like, so, so how helpful is it really? I know. Yeah. It's making me wonder. It's making me question exactly that. What is the purpose of this notification? And why would I ever want to turn it off? Why would I or why would I? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, hey, honey, I want to, you know, your birthday's coming up. I want to get you something special. I don't want you to get a notification about it. So go in there and like turn it off for like the next week or something. I don't know. I don't know if it works that way or not. I mean, of course, I don't want to turn these off because I do like getting that. Like just the other day, I I knew that he was done. He went to the grocery store and I knew that he was on his way home because I got a notification from the grocery store that he had spent that money. I was like, okay, kids, let's go. Daddy's on his way home. You know, get ready to empty out the car and put the put the groceries away. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I love oh, absolutely notified that the kids. And it's not just because I I used to know trying to be nosy. Yeah, it's a security. Yeah, thing. but that's how I knew Tom was home because yep. I would get something that he just got a he just filled up at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I have it. I had my credit card set up, not my Apple card, but another card mm-hmm. that uh, over five hundred dollars. Oh, I get right. a notification. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you any if you um, purchase gas, no matter how much money. Oh, so just I would a know, gas okay, notification. He's going to be home in three minutes because he just stopped at the gas station and filled up. I know up why that is. Home. I know why that. I know why they made it that way because. Um, I read this a long time ago because we were victims of, of identity fraud. And another time it happened with a credit card where that was the first thing that they purchased when they steal or compromise a credit card somehow. And also yep. because of all of the gas stations that had those card readers on them. I forget right. there's there's a name for that. We're skimming. Yeah, that's, why I, yeah, that's yeah. why I set that up. That's why mm-hmm. I set up that uh, text notification. Right, because you can be like, wait a minute, I, I didn't e- buy gas. I get an email and mm-hmm. a text. Yeah, we do too from... Yeah, when we gas up with Sam's Club, so we get a. And a I've had email. people. I've had some people look at me funny. I'm like, you know, maybe it's overkill, but I can look at every transaction and go, "Yep, that's that." I know where that gas station is. I know that was Tom because he's home. You know, a couple minutes later. Yep. yep I did make that. I mean, there have been times when I've looked. And I'm like, oh, "What is that purchase? Oh my God, what mm-hmm. is that?" And I call them. I call up. You know, the credit card company. I don't know what this purchase is. And then, mm-hmm. like a couple of times, it's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that I renewed something, but they weren't going to bill me until the right. renewal date." Yeah. And they used a different name. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, okay, I'm that's thank why, you very much. You that's know? why I want those editable transactions because that happens all the yeah. time where the merchant name does not make sense to what you purchased. I mean a lot of right. a lot of companies are good about saying like if they've if they communicated to you prior, they'll say, you know, this will show up as blah 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 on your right, credit card right. tr- statement. And so you'll know what to look for. But I mean you can easily forget or if you just haven't had that kind of interaction with the merchant, then and it comes up, it's like, whoa, what is this? I don't understand. So, yeah, I want I want those those fields to be able to be editable so that I can put my own information in there. But all of those notifications, I know it does. It sounds like overkill. It sounds like, oh my god, why would you want all that? But I'm telling you, once you have it set up, you don't think about it anymore. You think about it when you need to. And that's it. It's just, it's almost like when you look at your watch, you just glance. And based on how you have your watch complications set up, everything is glanceable. And it just takes you like a fraction of a second to get the information that you need. And then you can go on with your day. You don't have to constantly be worrying about it. So for me, those financial notifications are really, really peace of mind. And then it's also something that because I have little kids who are, 
you know, coming into this world and they need to learn about spending their money. I want them to learn how to manage those kinds of notifications. I want them to understand that they're going to get limit alerts and things like that. So it's all really incredibly helpful information. I, I just, I really, I'm really pleased with it. So yeah, if you haven't uh, signed up and if you want to get $75, I think that promotion is still going. Send us an email podcast at geekyshowever.com and I can send you an invitation and you can get $75 Apple cash back on your purchases. So check that out. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Apple savings? No. Nope, I'm so far so good. So far so good. Well, we like that. And let's just hope that APY stays nice and high. Let's see. Um, briefly, I have on our notes here to talk about smart thermostat because last time we were talking about it and I said I was going to look into it and I did. I didn't get very far, unfortunately, because I did go investigate my thermostat in the kind that I have now is just a dumb thermostat and it runs off of batteries and it pops onto the wall. When you take it off of the wall... There's two rows of wiring that it that shows you, and they're all labeled. Thankfully, the, the people who set it up wired it nicely. That's another benefit that you're going to see over time of having a newer house versus an older house. Oh, my goodness. An older house is like you're, you're lucky if things are written in Sharpie marker that you can barely read. You know, with a new house, there's nice, nicely tagged wires. So that's that's been really handy. But it was enough to tell me that, no, I don't have a C wire. Then I watched a couple of videos on it, and it seems like, you know, these installing these thermostats are typically a DIY project. But for example, without a C wire, you can sacrifice it. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but on our thermostat, there's a button, there's a setting for a circulating fan. And we rarely ever use that. And one of the videos suggested that you could, you could swap it out. You could take that wire that is dedicated to the circulating fan and you can move it over into the c-wire space and use it as a c-wire the problem though that i ran into with that when i looked at that i was like okay we don't have a c-wire but we do have a circulating fan we can swap the circulating fan wire and just you know we don't use it anyway so we won't really miss it maybe we should be using it maybe listeners can tell me why but you know occasionally we run it but we have a window we have we have ceiling fans in every room so i just don't really see the point in it uh, so we could swap that, but then what happens is you do that on one end, then you have to go down to the, for some people it be a furnace, for us it's an air handler, so it's not quite the same, but it has all the wires there, and then what you'd have to do is find that same wire and make sure that it gets moved over to the C section on the air handler or furnace. Well, when I went out into our garage, because everything's on one floor here, and I went to look at the wires, oh, I saw a lot of wires, but I saw a lot of wires, and it didn't make sense to me. So I don't know if when they installed it, they they had wires that were sticking out, and they capped those off, and they ran new wires to it. I don't know, but it's not something that, for right this moment, it doesn't look like something that I could DIY, and that kind of disappoints me, because you know me, like I like to tinker, and it's like, oh, I, you know, I could tinker with this if, if it's just a matter of, you know, turning off the power, of course, and, and swapping wires and moving one to another. Like they made it look so easy in the video. Well, I don't think mine is set up that way. So it might be, maybe it's behind a panel that I don't know about yet. So I will still keep looking into that. At least I'll go get a price and see how much it would cost to have somebody come out and install it. But I really just, I'd rather try to do it myself if it's easy enough, you know? So that's where I'm at with that. But I, I do definitely want to get a smart thermostat. I want to get it through my electric company, at least the free one. Um, and that would be a Google 
a Google smart thermostat. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that, but it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, you didn't make any movement on your smart thermostat yet either? No, no. Yeah. I talked to my neighbor briefly. I said, hey, mm-hmm. I got to come over and you got to show me how you did this. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, okay. Okay, so, so that's coming. Eventually, yeah. eventually I'll stop over and he can show me how he installed his. And I said, I might hire you to come install ours. He's me, okay. Cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting we'll see what to know how easy it is. And then the next thing on our list to just talk about briefly is Mint Mobile. In case uh, you are thinking about getting Mint Mobile, um, Elise and I both have it. And what we noticed is that we got a bump in our data plan for free. They didn't charge us anything extra. Um, Lisa, you got one gigabyte and I have the 10 gigabyte plan because I wanted to start out with that because I thought I would probably use more data since we have smart cameras. And I do, but I, I need to really spend some time and go and look like month to month, you know, what have I been using it uh, each month, but it's only been since October. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that shakes out. And I might, I might decrease it or I might keep it the same. Not sure. But um, Mint Mobile got bought out by T-Mobile, and um, we don't have a whole lot of data on it yet. But so far as we know, they're not going to change any of the pricing. Still going to get That's what they said. And they bumped us from 4 gigs to 5, 10 gigs to 15, 15 to 20, and obviously unlimited stay unlimited. But they did add uh, 10 gigs of a hotspot if you're unlimited. And from the email that we got a few months back, it said no change in pricing. Now, I'm due in October to renew, so we'll see what happens. And my understanding is when it's time for renewal, they send you an email saying, hey, based on your usage over the past year, this is the plan we think you should have. Could be more, could be less, could stay the same. So that'll be something to watch. And of course, we'll report back on that if anything changes. So just know that we're paying attention to that. But it was nice to get that extra bump in, in data. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to allow myself to feel spoiled or not. So, <laughs> um, And next thing on our list I wanted to just ask you about briefly is um, Apple Music, or I should just say the, the music apps on our Mac or our iPhones or iPad. Um, have you ever had the need to... You just we, We're both Apple Music subscribers, so there's that. Yes. Have you ever ripped any of your cds or anything have you ever done that and then synced it to your devices oh yeah yeah and before you had apple music we we used to have to do that and we'd go in and i don't know about you but i would go in and edit all the the metadata and add the album artwork and that's a lot of work and it's a lot of time you know putting all that stuff in there well, and then you, you plug didn't in a really cable. have to no you didn't have to back then it well, you didn't have CDs, to, but I at just least I to. didn't. Yeah. Well, no, I don't mean. I mean, as far as Apple did it for you when it was iTunes, right? Because if you did went, iTunes match. It, it went to what? Great? No, 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 no. If you went that. to what they call it, Grace Notes, I think that was. I've heard. What of What would that. happen is I would I would pop in my CD. Mm-hmm. It would ask me if I wanted to rip the whole thing, and if I did, I said yes. If I didn't, I'd say no, and then I would just click on the tracks that I wanted. Okay, but it would read the grace notes, and it would say, oh. "Okay, this is you know, Surrender by Cheap Trick came out okay. in 1978, or you know, whatever the details were." Uh-huh. And then if you didn't have the album artwork, there was a tab at the top in iTunes that you could click on. I forget which one it is now. That we could say go out and find the album artwork. Right. Okay. And yeah. if it had it, it would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I want to say 2015, maybe, is when I paid $25 to do iTunes Match. Okay. 
which was sometimes good and sometimes bad because I know with one song at least, um, I had downloaded a clean version. It gave me back the explicit version. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people lose their bootlegs and some of their live recordings and things like that. Yeah. Or it would be a slightly different, like um, if you remember a song as they played it on the radio and that's the version that you had, mm-hmm. and then maybe it was re-recorded somehow, they would give you the re-recorded one, which is not the one you wanted. You wanted mm-hmm. the one that you bought. Right. So there were, and there were certain things like I screwed up big time with this. There were certain mm-hmm. things like I would buy music from Amazon and then I would say iTunes match it. And like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have oh. just left the music from Amazon. That was on me. Uh-huh. Yeah, but how would you know? Because I didn't all, I didn't always get the copy that I wanted, the one that I bought. Yeah, and that's why it's a lot almost of like are it's, upset about it. Yeah, it's almost like saying you bought a DVD with the extras, mm-hmm. and you sent it up to I- iTunes, and they gave you back the original without, without the, the without the extras. Right, right. It's like that's not what I asked for. I, this is what I yeah. gave you. This is what I want back. Yeah. In researching all of this stuff, I've been reading a lot of comments about people who say, yeah, I did this, it screwed it up, and they've lost their trust in Apple when it comes to Apple Music. And that's really sad. Um, for me, in particular, I, I didn't, I've only had an Apple Music subscription for the last, I think it'll be a year soon. Um, we have the Apple One plan because of all the family members, and it just, it's a better value to do it that way. Everybody in the family really enjoys having Apple Music because we like being able to talk to the HomePod. But what that's done is all of our curated music that we had, you know, bought and traded or ripped or whatever from CDs, we still have, I still have the CDs, I can't bear to get rid of the CDs yet, because they're not all ripped. But we have all of, you know, stuff that I would have to basically like, look it up and see if it's in Apple Music. But like you said, like, what if it's not the same version of as what I'm used to listening to? I don't know, it's kind of a big, big cluster. But, but that's the thing. So we I've kind of like given up on those projects and because it's just so much easier to just pay the monthly fee for Apple and just, you know, listen to all the songs of our heart's content. And also, plus, we're because we have kids, we're trying to broaden our horizons and we're trying to learn about new music that we might not know about it. Because if we're still listening to the curated library that we've been, you know, toting around from computer to computer, from device to device, from thumb drive and hard drives and, you know, trying to keep it all managed all all these years, we're we're just listening to the same stuff all the time, which is fine. I mean, I I love listening to the things that I like, I like, and I will just listen to them over and over over again. I know, because that's that's how you are. You you like a certain kind of music and you just stick to that. But but my husband and I have been like wanting to explore new music. And I just feel like the only way to really do that is with an Apple music subscription or Spotify or Amazon or, you know, whatever it is that you choose. But that's where you're going to get the new music. And by having our kids listen to it, then they introduce us to new songs. My It's funny. My oldest introduces us to new songs, whereas my youngest, we laugh at my youngest because he likes all of the stuff like you would love. You would love how Keegan listens to music. He likes all the old stuff. Like Nate just said to me the other day. We were sitting at the table and Keegan was humming a song and, and Nate just looked at me and said, where did he hear that song? And I wish I remember what it was, but it was like an old blue song or something that, that he just, it, you weren't expecting a 13-year-old to be humming. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, where did he hear you that? You would be surprised, though, yeah. at the number of concerts that I go to 
and I listen to classic rock. So you're yeah. talking about bands from the 70s and 80s. Which I love. How many teenagers are there? Oh, really? Oh, yeah? How many teenagers huh. are at these concerts? And they're not there because they were dragged by their parents. Yeah, that they're there by question. choice. Really? They're there by choice because you That's can see them. They're wearing the t-shirt of the band. Yeah. Whether they just bought it, you know, at, at the merchandise table, or it was their parents and they wore it, and they're <laughs> singing along and they're, you know, doing their really? thing just as if it was, you know, they were seeing Lizzo. They're, yeah, yeah. See, like I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about Lizzo without Apple Music. You know? <laughs> that is really cool. I yeah. actually would, I would like to see that. That would be really cool. But yeah, my my kids crack me up, especially like I said, the younger one, because I mean, I kind of expect it from my older one. You know, they both have, like, really good taste in music. In fact, sometimes we, my husband and I laugh at each other like, we did one thing right. <laughs> we get points. We did one thing right. They have, they've, We've fostered them with a good, you know, good taste in music because of the stuff that they sing. You know, it'd be different if they were blessed and stuff that we didn't like. And we'd always be like, turn that down, turn that down. And several is, oh, hey, turn that up. <laughs> you know, we're telling them to turn it up or, hey, you know, let's listen to that song or, you know, oh, where did you hear that from? So they do. They come up with really good selections stuff that we really enjoy. And, and it just cracks me up. Like I played a hollow note song the one day and I was trying to find a song in the album and I went to play it and I only played a couple of seconds of it. And just as they started to sing, Keegan chimed in with the rest of the lyrics. And I was like, I had no idea you knew that song. <laughs> Cause I don't, it's not like something I played for him regularly, but he must be listening to this stuff. So it just really cracked me up. I was not expecting that at all. So, yeah, so I've been poking around in Apple Music. Um, the thing that I'm trying to figure out, though, is, for example, so uh, there's this network that I belong to, and um, there's some, like, you know, motivational audiobook material. It's not an audiobook, per se, but it's like a recorded transcript. You know, if somebody's reading something, I wanted to add it to my Apple Music library as an audiobook. So I downloaded the files you know, they said that it was fine, downloaded the files, and I imported them. And then I went in, you know, because it, it'll just say like audio one or something. And I imported the files, I changed the metadata, I you know put album artwork, I, I made it, you know, really look like it was part of an album by this by this person who was, you know, putting out the audio. And I even made like an audiobooks playlist. And I changed the genre to audiobook audiobook i just made i don't know if it existed already but i made an audiobook genre and then uh once i had it in my apple not i shouldn't say my apple my my music library just on my mac just in my music library i wasn't even thinking about apple music or anything i was just thinking okay i want to put this on my phone i opened up the music app on my phone and there it was it just synced wirelessly like with no effort what i'm trying to figure out though is can you do that without an Apple Music subscription? See, you and I wouldn't be able to test it because we have one. I'm going to have to like find one of my old phones and use like my tester account and see if I can figure it out because I'm not sure. And I did put a screenshot to this because I did reach out to Apple about it. And they say that, see, and this is, this is where it's frustrating because I asked about cloud music library. The reason I say cloud, it's called cloud music library when you get a warning message if you're going to say, delete a song from your library off of your Mac, or if you're trying to make right. a playlist or something, it'll give you a warning message saying something to the effect of, you know, the, the streams can't cross, right? It's, you can't have a playlist like this because it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't drive somehow. So the message, though, it says, 
cloud music library. It does not say iCloud music library. It just says cloud music library. So I'm like, well, what is cloud music library? Because when I go and I, you know, start searching for it in articles, nowhere can I find just the word cloud music library, unless it's referring to, you know, some other operating system or something. But as far as, you know, the Apple syncing tool that happens between your Mac and your iPhone, according to the the warning message, it's called cloud music library. But what I can't figure out is like, okay, is that a feature that I get because I'm a paid subscriber? Or, you know, say somebody else who doesn't have Apple music, can they do that same thing? Can they, can they download audio that's not music? Because, and the, the important point is that it's not music. So it's not going to go through some kind of like an iTunes match sequence. It's not going to say, oh, this audio matches this audio we have on our servers. No, it's not because this is totally, it's just an audio transcription that someone is reading that is not a music file. So can somebody else who doesn't have Apple Music, can they do that same thing? Can they download an audiobook or download an audio file and sync it wirelessly from their Mac to their iPhone just because they have an iCloud plan? You know what I mean? And so when I when I look for it online, it's always referred to as iCloud music, not just cloud music, right. iCloud. And I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, places like Mac Rumors and iMore, you know, established places who who do the research and then they write about it, but they're not calling it, cl- they're calling it iCloud music, not cloud music library. So I can't find anything about what this cloud music library is compared to just Apple Music versus, now there is something called Sync Library. And then if you look at it from, if you're on a Windows PC, then it's referred to in Apple's tech, um, their tech support articles, they refer to it as iCloud Music, but that's the only place. That's the only place where it's referred to as iCloud Music Library if you're talking about syncing music on a Windows PC. Everywhere else, they just, they only mention Apple Music, Apple Music, Apple Music. Uh, you know, of course, because they're sticking the branding to make sure that you understand that you need to buy an Apple Music subscription. Um, the only other thing that they mention, like I said, is called Sync Library. Not Sync Music Library, but just, I think it's just called Sync Library. But nowhere can I find, is it mentioned, is it called Cloud Music Library? The only place I've seen that is in the warning message. So I reached out to Apple on Twitter and what they wrote back, I the question I asked is, is Cloud Music Library, put that in quotes, a feature of a paid subscription to Apple Music, or is it also available for users who do not have Apple Music and only the free five gigabyte iCloud plan? And then I further asked, why is it called iCloud Music Library for Windows, but Cloud Music Library on Mac? And they just wrote back with an answer that said, quote, iCloud Music Library is an Apple Music feature, so it's paid and accessible with Apple Music subscriptions. And that was the only answer I got. And it wasn't really that helpful because it, they didn't address cloud. They said iCloud. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking about. I'm asking, tell me what it is in the Apple warning message. What is that about? I want to know, is that a paid feature or not? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. So if any of the listeners have <laughs> understood my rambling here and can help me sort this out, I've, I've posted questions to different forums and I'm waiting for answers. But it seems like everybody wants to mention iCloud. I'm like, no, there's no I. There's no little I in front of cloud in the warning messages. And that's what is tripping me up. 
maybe I'm just being pedantic. Maybe it's my OCD, but is it a typo? I mean, why did they call it cloud music library? What is the distinction? Because like I said, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking an audio file that's not music. It, it's not involving music match. I guess that's called, I guess it was called iTunes match. And now I think it's called music match. But it's like, I'm trying to grok all the terms so that when I do talk about it, when a client asks me a question, or somebody asks me about something, and I, you know, I want to be able to be knowledgeable about it and say, well, yes, you can do this, but no, you can't do this. You know what I mean? Or this means this and this means this. I just, I like understanding the terms. I guess I'm just a weirdo. Have you ever gotten those messages about cloud music? You know, I used to, and I'm I'm trying right now, and I'm not getting them. You're trying I'm, to replicate what you had gotten in the yeah, past? Yeah, I'm trying to delete songs on my Mac, and I was de- trying to delete songs on my phone, and that wouldn't come up. So try this for a second. When you're in Apple Music, go to File, mm-hmm. Library. Now, you're not on Ventura, are you? No. So this might not be in the same place, but let's just try it. Well, let me let me say this though. Under okay. library it says update cloud library. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't say iCloud. Exactly. That's another place where it says it. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But there is something under organized library. I think this would be the same thing for you because I think I have that same menu. It says okay. update cloud organized library. library. Update genius organized library. So somebody okay. else was having a problem and they they reached out to an Apple tech about it and they said that under organized library, you have to have consolidate files checked. Now, here's what's interesting. I did check this the other day, and it's not checked anymore. So I think this is like a one-off thing. Yeah, mine is not. Mm -hmm. Put copies of all media files in the media folder and leaves the original files in their current location. Mm -hmm. I don't want duplicates. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know if that's going to be a solution or not. Like, in, in other words, I tried it and it doesn't duplicate the error that somebody was having that I was trying to help them out about. But there, but there is a way. Have you gone into your Apple Music library and viewed the cloud status? Do you know what that is? So if you're in your, if you're looking at your library, I'm, list, I'm looking at it as a list of songs. Yeah. And across the top, you see track, title, Time, mm-hmm. artist, yeah. album. It's got the little arrow, the down arrow. Mm-hmm. If you right click in any one of those headers, you get this really long list of all of these different column headers that you can check on. And if you check the one that says cloud status, it will give you, it'll say it's either Apple Music, like mine go, and, I, and you can sort them. So for example, I have a whole section that says matched. And then yep. I have a section that says purchased. So, of course, it's the U2 and like all of the things that I've actually purchased through the iTunes store before I had an Apple Music subscription. And then, you know, of course, there's like hundreds and hundreds of songs that I've added to my library from Apple Music. And if I keep scrolling. And then it's got uploaded. So the ones mm-hmm. that they don't have. Right. But it also has the ones that are no longer available. And that's the one problem. Oh, see, now, I don't see any of those. Yeah. Um, but I do have one that's called that says removed. So in other words, I guess it's still in my library on the hard drive of my Mac, but it's not. And, and this is true. It is not in the library on my iPhone because it was something that I just didn't want to listen to on my iPhone. So I removed it. And then I have a couple that are ineligible. And the reason that they're ineligible is because 
they are over the two-hour limit because these were um, these were ASMR uh, audios that I downloaded that are like really long. If you if you're sleeping, I don't think they have to be two over two hours, but they are. So they don't meet the the requirement. It has to be under two hours or yeah, under the only a thing I have limit. The only thing I have ineligible are booklets that came with CDs I bought. Mm, interesting. Okay. That was it. Everything else is I've got waiting, which is a couple of, I don't know why it's waiting. It should be um, unavailable. Just some songs I downloaded from Apple that they no longer have. Mm-hmm. And then I've got you know, Apple Music, all the stuff I downloaded from them. So uploaded, does uploaded mean that it's a song that I downloaded it or purchased from somewhere and I uploaded it so it's available in my iPhone's library also but it's not matched it's not purchased it's correct just something correct. that I upload like I have some CDs for example from all right I'm looking at this one from Tom Petty mm-hmm. and it says it's an it's an MPEG audio file mm-hmm. it has the bit rate it says it was encoded with iTunes 11.1.3 I did it on December 20th 2018 cloud status is uploaded and then it just shows the path of where it is Mm. see so this is is not a matched this is just from the cd and this one that i'm looking at is something that i purchased from uh amazon because when i look at the info in the comments at the bottom it gives me an amazon.com song id so i purchased it i i own the license to that music but I didn't want to listen to it in the Amazon music player. I wanted to listen to it in my Apple mm-hmm. music yeah, player. Yeah, I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing talking about it because when you say Apple music player, you're, you're talking about the app, not the service. <laughs> so I could have done this without having an Apple music subscription. But could I? See, that's, that's the question that I'm trying to get answered is, could I? I mean, I know I could plug in a cable and I could sync it manually. But what about wirelessly when I just want to quickly get something from my Mac to my iPhone because I want to go on a road trip and I want to listen to it? Do I really have to go like a cave person and get the cable and plug it in and and do it that way? That's what I'm not sure about because I have an Apple Music subscription, so I can't test it with my own account. I'll I'll have to do a testing account. So it's just something I've been tinkering around with and trying to understand because I have had instances where I was helping a client once and they got a new iPhone and told me about, of course, later. I mean, I wished I would have helped them prepare for it by backing everything up. And when they went to the Apple store, I guess they, they had them do an iCloud backup, which is what I would have them do. But then they they bought a new iPhone and then they you know did the, the syncing and set up their new Apple iPhone with their previous iCloud backup. But then a lot of their music went missing and they couldn't understand why. And see, they didn't have an Apple Music plan. So like their music, I think, was just blank. There was just nothing there. And when I went about researching it, you know, you look at the list of all the things that iCloud backs up. Well, your music isn't one of them. And that's why I think it's very confusing because in the iCloud backup, now let me make sure I'm going to go into my settings on my iPhone and look at my iCloud and under iCloud backup, it's not on under it's not on iCloud backup, but under iCloud Drive, for example, app syncing to iCloud Drive, I think it's going to take a while to load. 
But I just remember looking at this and, you know, you can see messages, calendars, reminders, Safari, all that kind of stuff. Fitness Plus, Wallet, Game Center, Siri, Freeform. But there is no music because, and, and this is true, when you upload with an Apple Music subscription, when you upload songs or audio, it does not count against your iCloud storage. So theoretically, you could have a five gigabyte free iCloud plan and pay for Apple Music and be able to upload a crap ton of your music files and it doesn't count against your storage plan. So I think that's the reason why in the section called apps using iCloud, music is not listed because your phone does not back up your music in iCloud that way. It is in iCloud, but they're very clear in the in the literature. They say it is not a backup service. Cloud, I think that's the distinction. They don't call it iCloud Music Library. They call it Cloud Music Library because technically it's not in your iCloud drive. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. Clear as I've mud. got over 50 gigs of music and I have this thing backed up all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and, and I did get screwed when I used iTunes Match. No, was it iTunes Match or was it, I, I can't remember think, now. I, I want to say. I, th- I think it was iTunes Match because yeah. I remember taking a car trip and looking at my I phone. I bet you it was. Because I, I wanted to, I was with Shane and I wanted mm-hmm. to um, attach my phone to his car mm-hmm. um, radio so we could listen to some music and the album art did not match the artist and then the artist Mm. didn't match the song i'm just like Mm. oh i had to totally delete my itunes Mm -hmm. and re-download it from a backup i'm like thank god that's why they say you have to back it up before you go and flip that switch because stuff could get messed up it's i guess it's an algorithm or something but music and photos i can imagine you're getting ready to go go to a concert right and you've actually been to this concert before and you saw it live and you have a bootleg or you have you know the live recording and there's this way that they did the song in that performance that doesn't exist in any other recording of it and you're and you're you know getting amped up and you're ready to go to this concert and you're listening to that you want to play it in the car right you're like okay we're going to play the bootleg of you know this journey uh song or something and you're like you go to sing along with it in the way that it was sung during that performance and imagine the horror when you go to play it and it's not there because you used itunes match I mean, that's just heartbreaking, you know? So I get it. You know, I get why people are so incensed and upset about it and why they probably go with somebody else instead of Apple Music and they don't they don't trust it. So I don't know what they need to do to protect that. But like, like I'm looking at it right here in my library. Why is it that, for example, these songs, like I said, I purchased them from Amazon Music and I don't normally purchase them, but I think there was a sale or something, right? And so they just list the status as uploaded. Why can't that happen to protect people's bootlegs and live recordings and things like that? Like why does it have to go through iTunes Match, find out that they found something the same or similar and then replace it? Like there should be a way that you can I mean, I guess I guess what you would do is I, maybe you would uncheck those uncheck yeah, yeah, uncheck, say, uncheck those songs. Yeah. So if you don't want right. those bootlegs up there, uncheck yeah. it. But too many people have had to learn the hard way, right? And yeah. lose that stuff. Whereas I guess the oh yeah, now is protect yourself by taking those rare 
recordings that you have and putting them somewhere else. That's why I think that that check mark exists for consolidating your library. You might not want to consolidate your library. You might want to keep them separate and, and keep them in a separate folder so that it doesn't go up to the cloud, get matched and then ruined. You know what I mean? So there's just all these different things you have to like, I don't know, all these different ways you kind of like have to hack it or, or modify it so that you get what you want out of your listening experience. Yeah. My music it just and bugged my me not knowing. It's just not clear. It's not clear. I wish it was clear. Like, I wish there was an article that explained exactly what these terms mean and who gets what based on your subscription status. That's all I want, yeah, Apple. My, my music and my much. photos are on my Time Machine backup. They're on my Backblaze backups. They're right. on separate hard drives, little flash drives. And a couple of times a year, I have separate folders that I yep. just drag my photos library and I just drag my iTunes music. And my husband and my kids think I'm nuts. But <laughs> guess what? I was just going to say, you, we have to be like look, digital squirrels. You look for something. I mean, I've looked for a picture. I'm like, where's that picture? Or where's that song? And I go mm -hmm. back and like, oh, there it is. Somehow right. it got deleted. Yep. And and you'll know, like there was pictures that I took, we were at a wedding and this was when the kids were really little and they were really excellent pictures of Nate and I wanted to use them in a Father's Day album or something and I went looking for them and they weren't there and I was like, where did they go? And I think I used some kind of like deduplicator or something, but thank goodness I have them backed up in other libraries on other hard drives that weren't touched by that software, you know what I mean? So I can get at them, but they weren't there when I went to go get them. And that really just upset me. And I thought, oh my God, am I losing my mind? I'm like, I'm not losing my mind because I went on Facebook, checked back a couple of years and like, there they were. But of course they didn't want to redownload the Facebook version because that's no longer a high quality resolution picture. Like I took it with my camera back when. So I have to go and, you know, dig through an older hard drive and like, okay, you know, it's in that, it's in that library there. So back up, back up, back up, back up all over the place. Mm -hmm. like, yes, be a digital squirrel. That's just what you have to do. You have to put your nuts in a whole bunch of different trees. and Yeah, especially your photos. I mean, music, oh, if yeah. you know that you just lost a Tom Petty album, you can get that back. You can't get mm -hmm. back those pictures of the wedding when your kids were little. Exactly. Exactly. They have to be backed up somewhere else. Yeah, my husband and I were just talking about that. He has a bunch of photographs that he took when he was a German exchange student. And he's like, well, what should I do with all these? Like, how can I catalog these? And we were sitting there like really thinking it out. Like, okay, think that you should first get them all organized, you know, get rid of like the blurry ones, the ones you don't want to keep, put them into folios and organize them, you know, in a timeline and then things you want to scrap because then he has like artifacts and things like that that came along with the trip and put those things in a scrapbook, and then we'll go through and we'll digitize everything. But of course, you know, until that happens, I mean, we have to hope that, you know, we don't have like water damage or fire damage or smoke damage or, you know, something doesn't happen with the house. So, and then we have to figure out, well, where are we going to store them, you know, safely? Like right now they're in the closet. Is that the best place for them? I don't know. So lots to think about when it comes to archiving your stuff. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Got to keep a track of it all. Yep. Yep. Well, with that, I think we should wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And what were we going to talk about today? <laughs> so I know you mentioned it earlier, but if people wanted to get in touch with us, especially on the new social media platform that we've joined, how would they do so? You can head on over to Mastodon and you look look for us at techhub.social. So we are at Geekish Show Ever on techhub.social. 
That is our new, I mean, we'll have it in the show notes. You can just click click on the link and it'll probably just take you right there from wherever you are in Mastodon and you can click that follow button. So we're also, we have, you know, our traditional ways. We have our email address, which is podcast at geekiestshowever.com. You can go to the website and click on the contact us tab and send us your feedback, your questions. We would really love to hear from you because then we can read about it. Uh, we can We can brag about you on the show. And I think there's a couple of other ways. There is. Uh, if you want to use Twitter, we are at Geekiest Show. I am Elisa Paselli one Melissa is at the MacMommy or themacmommy.com for all things Melissa. On Mastodon, Melissa is at the MacMommy at mastodon.cloud. And I am at SenseiDai at mstdn.social. And that's how you can get a hold of us. Yep, so we us look forward comments. to hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Show ideas, whatever you want to talk about. So with that, we're going to wrap up, wrap up episode 396 of Geeky Show Ever. I also want to mention uh, really quick in passing, if you're listening to this the day the show releases, happy Mother's Day. Oh, yes. To happy Mother's all the moms, Day. All the moms out there or people who are moms in spirit or are the mom-like parent. We want to get Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day and hope you enjoy your day and that you've got your feet up and someone's doing the cooking for you. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.